Good morning. Welcome to the Sunday special edition of A Vision for You. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater moderating this presentation for this morning. Today is Sunday, October 26, 2014. The share ID for Friday, October 24, 2014, is 6980. 6980 for Friday. The topic of today's presentation is I don't think that these chapters apply to me, or do they? A focus on chapters 8, 9, and 10 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, with an emphasis on sponsorship. On the surface, these chapters seem to have a specific audience in mind. Chapter 8, to wives. Chapter 9, the family afterwards. Chapter 10, to employers. What about none of these things? How could these pages possibly apply to me? I should probably skip reading these chapters, don't you think? Well, today our speaker will give you a real cause to pause and rethink these thoughts. Digging into these chapters will unveil a deeper meaning and a greater perspective for you and your recovery. Joining us today, presenting on this very exciting rich topic, is Marcella M. from Massachusetts. Marcella is truly dedicated to paying forward the joy of recovery by teaching enthusiastically from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm so grateful to be able to present her today. Good morning, Marcella, and welcome to A Vision for You. Morning, Melanie. Can you hear me well? Very well. Very well. Awesome. Um, my name is Marcella. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so uh, that was quite a presentation, quite an introduction. Um, I'm going to give you some facts about my life, um, not to brag, but just to give hope to people who are just um, coming or are new to this program or to this meeting. I'm 54 years old. I'm 5 feet 4. In my adult life in this height, I have weighed um, 211 pounds and um, 78 when I was 211 pounds heavy in this very short frame, I still thought that I didn't, my problem was not too terrible because I could still buy clothing in regular stores. And uh, when I was 78 pounds skeleton is starving, I wanted to lose three more because 75 is more of a round number than 78. So I've suffered you know, because of my disease. And um, I, my very first meeting in, of OA was in Mexico City in 1985. And back there and then, we used to, the drug steps were a decoration, and they were in English. And, and there were a decoration on the wall. And we didn't have the big book. I mean, there, it was available to us, but we didn't care to read it. And we did... Um, meals today with nothing in between, all kinds of food in moderation. Um, I was a lot younger back then, and 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 but I had been I had been on a diet since age ten, so um, I lost some weight and, and became so dependent at that meeting. And very quickly, within a year, somebody kicked me out. Somebody who has power kicked me out from the meeting because I was just too disruptive. And so that's what happens to a group that doesn't know the steps and doesn't know the tradition. 
stand, don't read the book. People get kicked out from the meeting and, and nobody gets recovered. Um, I want to say I would love to tell you that uh, there are many ways to recover from somebody like me. Uh, but I learned a very, very hard way that my one and only hope was to uh, study and read and reread and just like turn the page after page and highlight and see different million uh, colors and make notes and with another person, not in the solitude of my crazy mind because I am so tormented that I can twist the book uh, and be convinced with a second hand that it's okay for me to eat one cookie, just one. But um, I have found enormous relief from this disease um, by reading the book with other people. So today, um, um, I'm still 54, and um, I weighed 130 pounds this morning even. Um, I don't uh, measure and weigh my food. I just I found it way more practical for me to just have a very, very detailed um, list of the foods that are safe for me. Um, I also have volume. I never eat more than two cups of food at a time so that I don't stretch my stomach. Stretching my stomach and volume are a huge trigger for me. And um, I avoid a certain texture, like the crispy, crunchy texture. I avoid it but because that has turned to be um, a trigger for me. So um, my last inch was February the 22nd of 2011. Um, I lost a total of 50-something pounds, but I kept them lost, <laughs> which that, that's a good thing. That will be a, a miracle, big enough to praise what the higher power has done in my body, but that's not really a miracle. The miracle is that today, um, because of my work, I have to touch and see and be around foods that are poisonous to me, and I don't want them. I don't salivate. I don't stare at them. I don't feel sorry for myself because I cannot eat them. I don't think about them, and I just—they're not in my mind. They're not. They're not. They're not an issue anymore. Um, and I'm hungry, and be very, very in a and life is grand, life is just great, life is interesting. Okay, so that's um, that's my how my recovery looks today to give people hope. Um, I also want to praise that deep humility of the people that found uh, that started this meeting um, because you need humility as a supportive overeater to say we don't need to reinvent the wheel. The wheel is running and rolling all over the world very smoothly. So why do we need to reinvent the wheel? Let's just open the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, whose experience nobody will remind because, you know, that's the original fellowship, and, and that's where people have 80 years of experience. And, and some of the original people that were contemporaneous to um, contemporary to wheel to Beal and Bob, some of them are still alive. And and, and why reinvent the wheel, right? So I want to praise the humility and the practicality. My sponsor always mm-hmm. says, if it's not practical, it's not spiritual. If it's not spiritual, it's not practical. So 
this meeting is so practical and so spiritual, and and that's where I have found continuous attitude that is happy, joyous, and free as the big book promises us. So, so the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So, if you are um, an overeater and nothing more, thank God, right? Thank God that you have one substance to deal with. But you might be like, why in the world do I have to read this book? I mean, sad enough that I read this book that talks about um, Christian men uh, in the 1940s who were drunk and and so forth. You know, with alcohol and art, and I think that it's just an alcohol and my illnesses, right? So with that enough that I have to translate constantly. My Excuse me, can you adjust your phone? You're breaking up really badly. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank let you. Me take, let me take off the, the, the headphones and maybe that'll help. Is this better? Hello, hello? Yes, yes, that's much clearer. Thank you very much. Okay, good. Okay, so let me see. Oh, 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 okay. So so, so if you're just a compulsive overeater and you don't have problems with any other substance or behavior, um, so you might ask yourself, like, why in the world do I need to? Is bad enough that I have to translate uh, the book from alcohol to food? over and over and over again because my alcohol is certain ingredients in certain foods or volume or or circumstances as to when and where to eat, right? But the reality, too, is that in a vision for you, many of us have recovered and have a very happy, comfortable abstinence by studying this book. So that explains why it's relevant to us to study the doctor's opinion, which we're doing right now, right, in the in the daily meeting, in the Monday to Friday meeting. Um, so, of course, it makes sense to study the doctor's opinion because it enables me to make a list of my alcoholic foods and, and define what's abstinence to me and, and practice entire abstinence. So, yeah, I, I am willing to, to study the doctor's opinion. So when there is a solution, I like the title. There is a solution. Yeah, that gives me hope. I'll, I'll study that chapter too. More about alcoholism, you know, the stories of the people that relapse, that people that having made the beginning, they go and they have queer ideas of fun, or they say, oh, I've been asking it for three months. I can handle one cookie. Or people who have been asking it for years, and they say, it's my time to relax. Where's the ice cream, right? So, yeah, I'm willing to study that. In we agnostics, well, yeah, even if you're a completely ultra-Orthodox religious person, all of us are agnostics to a certain extent because the experience of a higher power that we're having in our lives is not doing anything for our compulsive disease when it comes to food. So, yeah, I guess I'll study we agnostics, even if I'm a religious person. And if not a religious person, well, of course I should because how am I going to get over this higher power thing, right? How it works, well, there are a lot of people that just study how it works because because I'm an impatient person. 
I want to get results now. I want to feel comfortable now. So, yeah, I'll, I'll study how it works. Into action, well, that sounds a little tiring, but I'll, 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 I'll read it because, you know, it's step five, and, and, well, I have to do it anyway, so, so I'll study into action. And working with others, well, yeah, because I want to be a sponsor. I recover sponsor, passing it on. And if my life depends on it and depends on my ability to pass on the message, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's in my best interest to, to study working with others. But to wives and the family afterward and to employers, well, I don't have a wife, and I'll never get, a, get one, so why should I study to wives? And, and the family afterward, well, I'm recovered, and I did all my amends in step nine, and I'm living in nine, 10, and 12, so I don't think I need a family afterward. And to employers, listen, I'm an employee. So, and I'm not a business person, and, and I'm not a business owner, so I don't have anybody to employ. So that chapter certainly doesn't apply to me. So, so, so that has been my attitude towards the book as a whole, you know. Um, I just open the chapters and, and study the ones that I feel are relevant to my disease, and I skip the other ones. So um, just to... Just to put everything into context, let's do a teeny little bit of history of where this book comes from and how people use, used to use it. So the book was published in 1939, but by 1939, there were 100 people, 100 men and one woman, 100 men and one woman that were already recovered and they were sober. So at that, up, up until then, it was just oral tradition. It was just like the oral way of doing the steps. So the big book was published in 1939 with a lot of effort, a common effort to put everything together, everything that they had been doing so far that was working, that created that wonderful community of the first 100 that were keeping each other sober by getting together and start and reading the big book and sponsoring others. So back there in the 40s, um, there was just one meeting, you know, in, where, in Akron, Ohio, one meeting where um, Dr. Bob lived, and and the meeting was on Wednesday night, and there were a few there were a few copies of the book, and that book was very expensive. It was not free like we like we just give them away right now. Um, so if you wanted to sponsor somebody, you borrow the book on Wednesday night, and and you memorize. There were not photocopies or smartphones just to take pictures of the, the steps or anything. So you would memorize, memorize some paragraphs so that you could sponsor others and then return the one and only copy back to, to the meeting, right? And then the meeting, well, how did the meeting look like? Well, the meeting was, it was in somebody's house, you know, in this case it was in Dr. Bob's kitchen, and, and everybody was invited. So the drunk, you know, the alcoholic, will come along with his wife. And, um, and, and then... Some other wives were welcomed without the alcoholic husband. The wives were welcomed to, to get relief from the obsession of, of alcohol, even though she didn't drink the alcohol. It was just like, if you're suffering because of alcoholism, you're welcome in, in our mix. You're, you're part of us. You're, come and join us. So some wives would attend without their husbands because they had been affected and they wanted to stop suffering. And, and, and the alcohols would go. And and they would um, and they would have their meeting, right? 
but all the wives were there. The wives were there, so the family was there. So actually, a lot of our early history has been told by the wives, by the wives of the people that 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 got sober. Why? Because the wives were the very first ones affected by the sobriety of the husbands. The wife is the, is the closest person that would witness the absolute miracle of somebody getting sober. So Henrietta, um, who was the wife of alcoholic number three, she she's the one who was really, really close to Dr. Bob and and was able to quote him like, on and on. Why? Because the message was different for her. It was the same message. It was, you don't need to suffer anymore for, because of alcoholism. Whether you drink the alcohol or not, alcohol is ruining your life. But you don't need to suffer anymore because there is a higher power. How do you get the higher power? Come to our meetings and have a spiritual experience. So you see how the wives were so, so close at the very beginning um, when the first 100 got sober. Anyway, so... So that's a little bit of history and how the meetings were at the very, very beginning. Now, let's fast forward to now, here and now. Um, I um, I cannot say enough how, how lucky we are to have a vision for you. I just, there's nothing, there's nothing like a vision for you. Like the careful, detailed study, line by line, sometimes even word by word, within the context of our composite overeating. And it almost sounds like, like what what does one thing have to do with another? When I first came to OA in 1985, I just wanted to wear beautiful clothing. I just wanted to be fit and slim. To be honest with you, I didn't have the honest desire to stop overeating. I wanted to overeat and don't have any consequences. That's what I really wanted. Well, it took me decades, really decades of trying many other things besides the big book until I finally got it. I, it finally, you know what? I didn't get it. It was given to me. It was granted to me. This thing is like the Cinderella dress. Like I go to bed, abstinence over clean. I wake up, a compulsive overeating, in need for, in need for fellowship and the big book if I want to remain sober and abstinent. So so, um, so this is what happened to me a year ago. I was in my face-to-face meeting, and, and we were beginning to study to the wife. It was the beginning of that chapter. And the first time that we usually, historically, when we um, study that uh, chapter, we just roll our eyes in contempt. Oh, oh, I can't believe it. Here comes to the wives in that patriarchal, um, antiquated language that that makes you laugh. And and here we go again. And, of course, we know that Lois um, wanted to write this chapter, and Bill didn't let her. And, and they started in a big, big, huge fight. And then Lois grabbed her resentment and a... And a coffee pot and started all alone. So why in the world should I read this? I mean, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't have any relevance to me. So so in that spirit, we were starting to read the, the chapter, you know, to make fun of it, to just like 
read just like like the whole page just like without commenting or nothing because it doesn't apply to me. What do the wives have to do anything with like compulsive overeating? It just does. I don't see the line. I don't see the connection. Anyway, so we were about to begin when uh, somebody who we didn't come, we didn't know at all, came to our meeting and, and that person looked very distressed and very troubled. So we just assumed that that, that, that that person was an addict. No, he was a spouse. And this person was a spouse of somebody who had the addiction. And and this person was in horrible, horrible distress and 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 and, and this despair and horror and dread was written in, in, in this person's eyes. And and he told us the story that how um um his partner just couldn't and wouldn't and, and, and despite the efforts and and we did something um, different um, instead of just saying this meeting is not for you just go to Al-Anon we said well we are going to read to the wife so you might get something out of it so why don't you stay with us and read so here we are a real wife of Alcoholics Anonymous and studying the wives with us and then the magic happened my brain opened completely, entirely open, and I said, "Oh my God, I am living on nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. I am. I'm, I've made my amends. I I pray every day. I meditate. I'm abstinent. That's abstinent one can get. And and I'm living on my side four. And this is the first time that I see for real." how my behavior has affected the closest person to me. Now, there is a, there's a paragraph into the wife that says, although we've been talking just about men, right, um, this can apply to every, anybody. This can apply to anybody who's tied by, who, who, has, who is related by ties of blood and affection to others. So ties by blood, by, by ties by blood and affection. It's on page 104 where it says um, in the second paragraph, in the third paragraph, in page 104, if you want to follow me, it says what the wife says will apply to nearly everyone bound by ties or blood or affection to an alcoholic or in this case to a compulsive or here like me. So, So my brain just exploded and I said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. This chapter is about me and everybody who has loved me through my addiction and through my recovery. And it's about me and everybody that I love now. Do you know how much you love your sponsors and how you pray for them and you struggle with them and you, you do the step one with them and you pray with them and then you go obsessively through the book with them and how, how much you love your sponsors and you just hope that they will recover like you, and then they relapse and your heart is broken, if you're a sponsor, you have had that experience. So when you are a sponsor and you have had that experience, the whole chapter might just be titled, To the Sponsor. We go through the ringer with a sponsor. And the big book says exactly what to do with your sponsor. It says, well, I'll let you read it because it's really, really cool. But among many, many other interesting things, it says on page 108, 
there are four different classifications of some seas, right? And 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 strangely enough, the composite overeater that has a high bottom and and I mean we, we know all of them, right? That 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 they just want to fit a little better in their fashionable clothes and 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 they can take it or leave it alone. Those are the most difficult to sponsor because because they don't have the motivation of the gift of desperation, right? And as the scale goes down, you know, to the husband number four, instead of saying, forget it, just drop it, you, that person will never get better, it gives you so much hope. It's, listen, this is not up to you. It's not up to your eloquence or your knowledge about the big book, of how many paragraphs you have memorized, of how many years you have of abstinence. It's up to God. Just get together with that person and read the big book and just drill it. So, so, so that happened to us when we when we had that um, that experience, right? Um, now I see things differently. Sometimes I hope that how we would read. Sometimes I think how we would read the book if I mean because majorly we are women, right? we were largely women in, in over here synonymous. How would we? Um, read to the wife if one of her husbands were here or one of her spouses were here, you know, relating how our endless dieting, endless dieting, back and forth, back and forth, and endless free on shopping for clothes that would fit, whether it's size XX large or, or size XX small when I'm starving, and how, would they, how were they affected by my inability to be intimate or romantic? Because I can't stand my image. I just don't feel sexy. And if I don't feel sexy, nobody in my household should because I just can't, can't deal with it. I cannot even think of it. So, so that's what all, all, all of that that I got when I, was, when I read The Wife. So, so when I read The Wife, I said, wow, so maybe my amends are incomplete or could be better. My amends could be better because I've got a complete uh, different understanding of how I have affected um, the person closest to me, which is my husband, because he lives with me. Um, and, and, and we eat together, or we do not eat together. And, 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 and my, my hesitation about him taking pictures of me with a family and and my my self image issues and 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 my my self obsession with look and image and and or or asking him you know what you adapt to me because I'm abstinent now and adapt to my schedule and adapt to my volume and adapt to my recipes and how I have affected um, my spouse how how so so the wise was not only useful to me to sponsor other people but to refine my amends especially my living amends, because eating is a social act anyway, and, and I live with people, and I live surrounded by people. So, so that's what I got from the wife. And then the family afterwards. So by then, you know, our real wife of Alcoholics Anonymous was uh, working with, with, you know, the, the alcoholic, the addict. And, and, and they were dealing, you know, with the early recovery and, uh, is this person really going to get well? Am I getting my hopes too high? Because you see, alcohol, whether or my compulsory reading, my excess of food, 
whether I eat it or not, it affects the whole fabric of a community, the whole fabric of a community. Now, for the sake of our study, let's call the sponsor and the sponsee a little family. So I'm a sponsor and you're the sponsee. Or I have my sponsor and I'm the sponsee. And then we create, because that's what happens, we create like a family, like a trio of sponsors, like a thing, right? Like yesterday I had the privilege to go to an OA convention and I have the, the pleasure of seeing my sponsor, my my sponsor who who is a member of Foundation for You, live, and and it was it's just so awesome to see some of us, you know, live and and to see that our voices matter, our bodies. We are living in beautiful, healthy, radiant bodies with sparkling eyes, you know, just like what this book says. And and I was there with some of my sponsees. And so we're like a little family, right? My sponsor and my sponsees, and, and we get together and we rejoice in our recovery. And, and we're like a little family. So the family afterwards, if you read the, the chapter like that, or with a wife that who's just struggling, is this person going to be recovered or not, um, um, you get a whole new sense of, of, of how the addiction affects other people and how we really, really walk together this walk. It's not that I'm recovered and I've gained status over you. That's not what it is at all. Nobody has the power to anoint somebody recovered. We are just witness walking the same walk, hand in hand, together as peers, and the sponsor just witnessed that the higher power yet again has granted recovery to another person. And whether the higher power is religious or not, it doesn't matter that the, the magic happens again. And so we are the family afterward, if you can tell. We are the family afterward. A vision for you is a family, and we are a family. And we struggle, you know, with our growing pains. Like um, I just recently we had to reset uh, the, the phone list because we have like, I don't know, like 3,000 members. And, and we don't know if, if they're with us or not. We are the family afterward. We are the people that are tied by blood and affection and by deep care. And we have the need to pass the message effectively if we are able to, to keep this going. And it has to be going because have you noticed around how many people need this message and this recovery? So, so that's what I got from the family afterward, after I met the real wife. Now to the employers. By now, my face-to-face group was on fire, right? Because we just seen, well, like we just discovered gold, right? Like where have these chapters in these obscure chapters? There was no light in these obscure chapters, and now there's a lot of light. So we approached two employers with a very different attitude. Um, up until then, you know, we were kind of like the, you know, like the liberal Bostonian, you know avant-garde kind of people that say maybe we should edit the big book because it's getting antiquated. But after this, you know, we say, wow, wow, no wonder. These people, the first 100, were witnessing these chapters, were living these chapters. That's why they wrote them. That's why they made it to the big book. So to employers, to employers begins with horrible, horrible stories about suicide, right? They're very scary, and how people in our despair over this disease just say, I can't deal with this anymore. 
nobody will ever help me. And people just kill themselves. And 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 I I mean, I'm, sadly enough, I've been long enough in a way to see people literally dying, dying, literally dying, or losing their limbs to diabetes, and losing mobility to morbid obesity, losing their sight to diabetic shocks, and 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 just some people just died. I mean, just like. Um, two weeks ago, somebody in my very, very close circle, um, this person died. She started a crash diet with, with um, the help of some medication, and her heart couldn't take it. And, and she was my age, and she died. So so the, so to employers, it, it's a very, very somber reminder that um, that this is a killer. This is a killer. And some people will end up killing themselves in despair. And then he talks about money. So and finances, you know, and, and productivity as an employer and and you know, when I made my amends, my financial amends, I made a very detailed, you know, um inventory of all the money that I spent on food that I didn't need because my body didn't need it to survive. But also about the money that I spent dieting and with other methods to try to lose the weight and keep it off. But I failed to see all the money that I failed to make, the productivity that I lost because of my obsession, the lousy, the lousy lack of ambition in everything professional. and my Because I was just so consumed with myself and my weight and my size and my BMI and my carb intake and my fat intake and, 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 and my look and my image and the pictures of me that I failed to succeed in in in, in business and, and in my profession. So again, you know, to employers was a big a big help and I just saw things that I've never seen written them before that completely apply to my compulsive overeating and my happy recovery as it is today. And then um, then I say, well, wait a second, employer, I read that, that word before, you know, doesn't it say there, like in step three, that we have a new employer, that we have a new employer and, and, and he's the one who calls the shots and he's the one to be praised for my beautiful recovery and he's the one who has the power to anoint somebody recovered and to grant easy um uh, free, free, freedom from obsession of our disease. Well, let me look at that, right? So, to the employer, so, so this is a job. This, we, there's a reason why we call it 12 steps. The work of the 12 steps. Let's do the work. Let's let's do some step work, right? It is a job. The, actually, this is the most important job of my life. Um, my membership in Vision for You and my AA program, that's the most important job that I will ever have in my life. So just for the sake of this study that gathered us here today, let's say that I'm an employee, and my sponsee is my employer, and that's the hierarchy. If you see in, if you study the 12 concepts, there is a hierarchy in, in these gigs of 12 steps and 12 traditions. And the most important person for us, is the person that doesn't even know that there's a vision for you. And then, right, because we need to reach that person. We need to go to the eating disorder centers and the hospitals 
and and the genes and the diet goes and say, well, maybe not, but you you get the idea, right? To go and get the person that needs this message, and that's the most important person. That's our boss, and then right after there, the newcomer in our phone line. That's our boss. We put all this show and this magnificent study so that the person that is a newcomer can have the chance to recover. And our personal recovery, the maintenance of my personal recovery, depends on my ability to retain, to attract and retain that sponsor. And say, I'm here for you. Let me do everything that I can do to help you. And then, of course, the person that is in our midst and is still suffering, is still struggling, is relapsing. You know, I was a chronic relapser in a way from 1985 to 2011. If there's somebody that has taken from away, that'll be me. I, I, I've taken, I'm taken, I'm taken. And I always had it wrong. I said, if I only had a good sponsor. I always had a good sponsor. All of my sponsors were good. I was the one who needed to adjust. And my attitude was the one to need to adjust. Now I'm convinced that I have the best sponsor that I want to never get. She's so patient with me, and I don't know. We don't, we, it's not... Our dependence is not in sponsor sponsorship. Our dependence, our true dependence, is on the higher power that continues to reveal himself to us through the through the work of these steps. So, so as I said to the employer, so I have a boss. I have somebody who is above me. That's anybody who needs this message. And um, will I use? everything that is written here so that I can um, present my message effectively so that I can keep this um, line going um, so that I can transmit the message um, effectively so that I can remain alive. So so there's that to employers. And so now that I see the three chapters as a whole to wives, uh, the family afterwards, and to employers. Now I see how this disease has affected not only myself. I mean, I only, I already knew, right, that it had that it had affected my body, my mind, my um, my 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 looks, the shape of my body, the obsession of my mind, and every single relationship that I had because I did my nine step already, right? So. But now that I read these chapters, I can see that what I, what I eat matters. How many times have we, um, have, we read, have we heard that we are what we eat? It affects not only our bodies and our minds. It affects our families. It affects our society. It affects our economy. What we eat and what we don't eat matters a lot. The fact that I abstain today from all my alcoholic foods creates a ripple effect that affects the whole fabric of society. The fact that of, for today, I, you know, I, I'm granted opportunity to try to pass a message affects the world that I live in. It is not a little irrelevant fact or act, an individual isolated act, if I see a cookie on top of a table and I don't pick it up. It affects the world in which I live. It is very important. My abstinence is linked 
to my society, to my community, to my family, to my spouse. Now, just a word, another word about humility. Um, we always say in my group, I know, the only thing I know about humility is that I don't have it. Because as soon as you know you have humility, then you're not humble enough. So, humility. So, you know how sometimes people say that, um, you know, such and such, this person has these credentials and these credentials too. Um, to pass the message or not. Let me tell you, there's something that I've learned. I have the privilege to live in a community that has people who have been around for 54 years, 57 years, um, practicing reading this book, you know, and I have seen groups come and go and people in and out and, and whole communities, whole big book communities, you know, flourish and blossom and carry on or not. And um, there's this piece always, humility. Nobody's an expert in the big book. That that doesn't exist. There's not such a thing. Nobody is an expert. We're experts in our own, in our own experience. Now, um, little detail about the big book. So we have the English version, right? And we study the fourth edition. But every language has their own stories, like the like the version in German has stories, the personal stories are written in German in Germany, and, and, and the Spanish stories are stories about Mexico City and Madrid and Colombia. And, and, and every, every group, every group, every group of AA and everybody who's reading the big book keeps creating the revelation, if you may, like the, the disclosure. You know how it says in the 164, more will be revealed to us. That is happening right here, right now, to people who speak different languages and understand the big book from a different point of view, from their own culture, with their own, you know, customs, with their own religious beliefs, in their own language, in their own land, in their own uh, foods that grow in their own place of the world. So we... We need all of us together to put all the jigsaw puzzles together. There's, 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 we will never be, we will never get bored. We will never know it all because this thing, this, this big book is slowly wrapping the whole entire planet in this new awareness that there is such a thing as a solution for my compulsive overeating problem and that it matters that I affect this world that I'm living in. And it's a great privilege to be alive in this generation in which the higher power has granted this solution. Okay. So, um, so as much as I would like to tell that now that we have paid attention to the wives and to the families and to the employers, that now we're done, well, we're, we're not done. This is just the beginning, Right. Now that I read the whole entire book and that I have gained awareness of how my individual personal behavior affects everything, for better if I'm recovered and passing on the message, or for worse if I keep picking up. Now I'm ready to study the traditions, and the traditions are the only reason why we'll stay together in harmony and the reasons why we're, we're still can dial the phone number and there is a vision for you. And and there's a message right there, right? So we will never be done. 
we need unity above all. Um, we we need to remain together and to keep. As soon as you find, you know, uh, a pearl of awareness, uh, um, a little pocket of consciousness, um, I encourage you to jump in. I said, I found something. I found something. Let me share it with you. And we're all in this together. And I don't have anything else to say, um, but I understand that there's a period for questions and answers. And thank you so much. And I pass. Thank you, Marcella. Thank you very much. Um, that was just a real awakening of a broader perspective towards application of, of these chapters. And um, certainly in my life, I appreciate it very much, very thorough. Yeah, this is the time. If you have some um, extra time to share with us, that uh, we'd like to open it up to the broader audience to ask some questions of your presentation. Do you have some time? Sure, I'm here. Oh, good. Thank you so much. So um, who would like to ask um, Marcella a question about her presentation this morning? Press star one to unmute your phone. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Sue. Good morning, Sue. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Like I have a question for Marcella. Okay. Okay, should I go? Yes, please. I have your question for Marcella. Okay. It's, it's Sue G. Recovered in uh, Greater Philadelphia. Thank you so much, Marcella, from Boston. That's the Freedom City, too, for me. Um Anyway, I thought I'd amuse myself, and maybe I'll amuse you and maybe not, because I think I was probably the last person to sign on, and I heard your, your parting words here that we need to remain together. We are all in this together. And I thought of this because uh, I, I, was, I was building my priorities, and I missed this because I was sitting at the table with my, with my dear one, and and my life has been recentered because he has a a potentially life threatening and potentially extremely treatable uh, form of cancer, and I've had to make my priorities reshaped. And this is an interesting part of my life process. And I've heard a lot of your story before, and I have a feeling it relates to yours too. And this is that in our recovery, we're we're told that we should take our recovery first and build the rest of our lives around it. And now I'm in this curious spot where I have to take the rest of my life first and build my recovery around it, which, which is kind of a circular process or a spiraling process because I think it, it, you, build, you take the rest of your life first in a crisis, build your recovery around it, and then build your life around your recovery again. It goes on and on. And I wonder if you can comment on that in your own recovery process that's it thank you so much oh i'm thrilled yes that's exactly what i feel right now at the very beginning just to just to save my life i have to save my life around my recovery because i just need to remain alive period right and and yeah and that's you know where's my meeting first and where's my recording first and where's my step and then my husband can wait and my family can wait, and my job can wait, because it's an emergency intervention. Now, I want to comment a little bit about the rhythm. At the very, very beginning, the first original people did the steps in a few hours. 
they were slightly different in Akron than in Cleveland. I think that in Cleveland they had five classes before you attended your first meeting. And in Akron, Ohio, um, you had just three to seven hours of step work. So before you enter your first meeting, you have done the whole entire steps in a few hours. It was nothing like the length that we do now. Like sometimes I hear people writing 17 notebooks of a four step. Let me tell you what's the problem with that, the problem that I see with that, is that if you write 17 notebooks on your fourth step and you have 3,700 resentments and, 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 and the same amount of fears, it will take hours and hours and hours and hours, probably months, for somebody to listen to your fourth step. And that will be very difficult to replicate. So if your life depends on passing on the message, it's better, it's in the best interest of everybody that we learn how to do this rather quickly. So the very first 100 that we covered, do you think that they recovered really well? I think that they recovered really well because those people are our models for recovery. So all of them did their fourth step in a few minutes. How did they manage to do a fourth step in a few minutes? Well, you just talk about what most pressing, right? Like the the big horrible pebble on your stone that is bleeding or like even like the mortal wound that is bleeding and is going to kill you. And then you refine your amends. How do you refine your amends? In the steps that we just studied. To the wives, the family afterward and to employers. And it's circular. I just love the way that you said, like in circles, it's a circles. First recovery around my life then my life around recovery. Because if my love is going to be guided by love and service, who am I going to service? Just a, just, just, a, just a vision for you people, and that's going to be my service? No, because I'm married, and I have two cats, and I'm a teacher, and I have a tons, tons of students and their families, and then I have friends, and then I have a mom-in-law who's, who's very, you know, delicate. She's, she's aging. So, of course, I'm going to be serviced in my life. In my life, I just love the visual that you made, like the circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. Thank you. Thank you for learning with me. Thank you, Sue. Thanks, Marcella. Thank you. Um, who else is next for the next question? Hello, this um, is Beverly. Oh, I mean, Hello, Marcella. this is Beverly. Beverly, if you have a question for Marcella, please. Your question? Yes, I have a question. Thank you so much. Yes, I, I um I was very interested in what you had to share about the wives and the community of people who are close to you and um I live with my sister. I'm not married, I'm a single person, I don't have kids and I live with my sister. We share many things in common including financial responsibilities and now I have been having very negative thoughts about my sister, and this <sighs> this meeting was a real eye opener. And I'm saying to myself now, how do I right the wrongs that have happened between me and my sister? Because although we're not fighting like cat and dog now, there's this deep seated resentment. And as I said, how does one make amends to someone who has 
stood beside you through thick and thin like those wives did in all your acting out and in all your strange behavior. And, yeah, I'm going to end it there. Thank you. Thank you, Beverly. Marcella, were you able to hear the question? Um, I think I did. Well, um, my humble suggestion to you would be to get another compulsive overeater and and to read to one another these chapters that we just read, um, the wives. and Because to wives, it could also be to sisters. It could be to sons, to children, to friends, right? And 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 learn from one another, study the chapters little by little as we do in a vision for you, and I'm sure that you will get many many um, intuition and inspiration from one another as to how to go about any problem really, any relational problem. Yeah, so I hope that helps. Thank you, Beverly. Thanks, Marcella. Anyone else with a question for Marcella? Yes, this is my very first meeting ever on this, and I was wondering how you go about getting the sponsor. Do you give numbers out? We do have an opportunity to do that. Um, if you can hold on with us, maybe after the meeting is closed, we can get your information and give that out to the group. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyone with a question for Marcella? Press star 1 on your phone keypad. That will unmute you to be able to ask your question. Mary Lynn. Hi, good morning, Mary Lynn. Go ahead with your question. Hi, thank you very much, Marcella. Mary Lynn, Connecticut. We met at the Framingham um, retreat last October. And as you said, it's wonderful um, putting the faces together with all those lovely voices. Um, my question is about making amends and touching base back on what uh, a family member said, particularly both of my sons. So when I made my amends last year, things came up. Um, do you let them go and wait for them to come back up again or look at them and make mention and kind of try to see if something could be worked through or put it in God's hands. I don't know if you, have you had any experience like that. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Uh, well, that's what I like these last chapters. If you um, take your sponsor or another peer, another compulsory eater, and you study the family afterwards, it says over and over again how the immense process is not something like magical. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. But for the most part, our amends, our living amends, we have to be patient. It comes with time. It um, it also says, you know, how the spiritual life that doesn't include our family obligations is not perfect after all. Um, that's on page 129. Um it also talks about the family that at the very beginning, at the first days, it talks about days. It doesn't talk about years or months. Days of convalescence, it's it, it's understandable that we do nothing but 
away, right? But then we need to turn our attention to the people that we have neglected. And um, it says on page 127 that it is well that us, that we should exert ourselves in at home that is not likely to get far in any direction if we fail to show unselfishness and love under our own roof. So it seems to me that you're aware that, you know, certain family relationships have been affected by your compulsive overeating, whether it be by directly by food or by your thinking or your behavior. And if you study with another person, the family afterwards, I'm sure, I'm convinced that you will get many ways, many ideas, um, enlightenment as to how about how to leave your living amends. Of course, if you're like me and it seems like you're like me, I want like 100% certainty. I want to know, should I call? Should I send a letter? Should I send a gift? Should I send flowers? Should I insist? Should I let them, leave them alone? And, you know, that's, that's, that's impossible to have because relationships are alive and they keep moving. Uh, while I was acting out with my food and my compulsive overeating or my compulsive not eating, people were affected and now they moved on without me and now I want to re-enter their life. So I strongly encourage you to study the family afterward with another person and I'm sure that you will get some light on your family relationship. I hope that helps. Thank you, Mary Lynn. Anyone else with a question for Marcella? Good morning. This is Susan in Tampa. Good morning, Susan. What's your question? Hi, Marcella. Good morning. Marcella, I've been in the program like yourself since the 80s, back and forth. Um, how did you, right now I'm working with a sponsor, finished step three, and moving on to four, but I've always struggled with a concept of a higher power. Honestly, I will just say higher power, and I, again, I'm just, I struggle. How did you develop a relationship and a concept of a higher power? Because I don't want to relapse again, and I know it's extremely important to have, to have that connection. I pass. Thank you. Um, well, that is such a good question. I um I have direct experience with that. I am a religious person. I don't struggle with that. I was born with that. I don't take any merit with that because I was born with that. I, it was granted to me. And I have the privilege and the, just like the blessing to sponsor people who don't believe in a higher power. And I'm, just, I'm here to tell you, it works. It absolutely works. For some reason that I'll never understand, um, I've had some success with scientists um, that are agnostic, that don't believe in a higher power. And I have a couple of people that I have um, sponsored successfully. Um, and, and we stay in our in our same place, right? They, they are agnostic and their thinking is for the most part a scientific approach. And I stay in mine, I'm convinced in my mind that there is the other who is created me and sustains me and within my my religion, right? That's the religion of my parents. And and we're both recovered. So so 
So this thing is a lot bigger than, it's a lot wider. I want to choose my words carefully. This is not a religion, but it can include your religion, religious beliefs. This is, this is a way of thinking. And it only happens if we get together. It really doesn't matter if your sponsor is a believer or a non-believer because we have the big book. I just want to stress again, this is so easy. It's so simple. It's not time-consuming. It doesn't take forever. It happens quickly. It's fast. And once you have it, most of my, I have witnessed, again, like two or three times, when, when sponsors are recovered already, like you see the sparkle in your eye, you see the fire in the woods. They're abstinent. They're sober. They're clean. They're walking. But, of course, they're still like, a little unsure because they're just newly, newly, newly sober recovered, right? And they, they look at me, you know, like a hungry puppy saying, assure me that I will never relapse. Well, what's the assurance? Just keep doing what you're doing, and then you can be uh, sober forever or, or clean forever or abstinent forever, right? So. There is a joke in AA, like, what's the, what's the secret for long-time sobriety? Don't drink, don't die. So what is the secret of my, my for me, you know, I'm a baby in a way. I've been just abstinent for three years, eight months, and four days. Not that I'm counting, right? But it, to me, it's really, really long. It's the longest I've ever been abstinent and happy. And I'm not worried that I won't keep it because it's comfortable. I'm not struggling. I'm not hungry. Thank you, God. And I'm I'm just good. So I don't I don't fear. So what was I going to say? So 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 the higher power. The higher power is kind of like the water. It doesn't matter if you believe in water or not. You still need to drink. Um, it doesn't matter what opinion you have about water. That's a better that's a better way. It doesn't matter if you have an opinion about water or not. You absolutely need the effect of water in your body. You do need the effect. It doesn't matter if you love water and you have your house decorated with pictures of water and you have the CD recording of the sounds of water, you still need water. It doesn't matter if you ignore the water or if you don't care. It doesn't matter if you drink hidden water that is hidden in sodas or teas or coffee, it doesn't matter, you, or, or in fruits, you still need the effect of the water. So it really doesn't matter. It's a phenomenon. It's something like, there was this, this, this physics professor that I once sponsored, and, and she called the higher power, the, I want to remember the right word, covalent bond, and she explained to me how molecules are irresistibly attracted to one another. I think that that's the covalent bond. And the atoms are irresistibly attracted to one another. And that irresistible attraction, we call that the higher power. And your body is made of atoms and molecules. So there, there's your higher power. Join us, recover. I hope that helps. Thank you, Susan. Anyone else with a question for Marcella? This is Chelsea. Hi, good morning, Chelsea. Your question. Hi, Melanie. Hi, and thank you for your service, Marcella. I really appreciated the um, conversation about how there's different um, sects within OA, but we're all studying the same 12 steps. Do you have experience working with um, people who are so committed to the Brown Book, the OA 12 and 12, 
and um, still using your big book to um, take them through the process. Do you have, can you share some experiences and suggestions for how we um, keep the integrity of the message and still work with folks who are committed to only using the OA 12 and 12? Thanks. Marcella, do you want to press star one on your phone keypad to be heard? Uh, Melanie and Chelsea, I'm afraid to tell you that my phone died while you were asking your question, which I'm sure is very interesting. Please forgive me and, and repeat the question again. Absolutely. I was asking the question of um, working with our fellows um, from the portion of the OA uh, fellowship that are committed to only using the OA 12 and 12 the Brown book, and they just came out with a new edition. And my question was, have you had some experience keeping the integrity of your 12 steps of the big book and still um, reaching out to these other fellows to walk them through this process when they're committed to just using the Brown book, the um, 12 and 12? Thanks. And I did thank you for your service and everything, too. Chelsea, that's such an important question. That is such an important question. There was a time in which I binged on OA literature. I uh, bought every single thing that they, you know, published, and I even translated a lot into Spanish when I was living in Mexico. And and the result of that in myself, I just speak for myself, was horrible. I got so confused, and I felt pulled out in all different directions, and I didn't know what abstinence meant, and I didn't know what recovery meant. And, and and I was I was just getting excuse after excuse after excuse to relapse and relapse and relapse. Um, now that I'm you know I'm 54 and 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 that I really really hit the most horrific hard bottom in 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 my body. You know what? I just have one body. I just have, I don't and I just have 24 hours a day. I cannot afford to have too many addictions. I just have one addiction. Now, my alcohol, it's called many ingredients, you know, many food ingredients, and alcohol. But I just have one body. So what happens in my body is not consistent what happens in our fellowships, right? Like I see a lot of effort to differentiate one fellowship from the other one. And that's what I absolutely, I play, I just, I'm completely loyal and I'm willing to do whatever service um, we I can do for a vision for you because a vision for you is humble enough to open the big book and nothing else. So for me, Chelsea, for me, just for me, for this composing reader who has suffered so much, so, so much because of food addiction, so much that I became an alcoholic trying to control my food intake. Do you know that? That I became an alcoholic because I learned that if I drank enough, I didn't need to eat that much. And I, I, there was a time in my late 20s when I much rather be in a psychiatric ward um, mixing amphetamines with alcohol and very, very skinny skeleton than being fat and being outside in the world functioning. There was a time. That's where my composer reading took me. And now, what am I, an alcoholic, a pill-addicted person, or a composer reader? I don't know and I don't care. The big book works for me. I have 24 hours a day and a very, very busy, enjoyable, wonderful life. Thank you, God. Thank you. And thank you, Vishnu, for you. The only thing that I read these days is the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. 
and 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 the way that I sponsor is reading the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. For the sake of my recovery, I don't think that we need any. My experience is that you don't need any extra pamphlet or any to download any graphics or to. Uh, you don't need any extra material. Everything is there in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Every word is precious. Every paragraph is relevant. The stories are wonderful. From cover to cover, everything is relevant to me. And how long is it going to take me for me to keep finding stuff in the big book? Well, I'm not done yet. When I get bored to tears from the big book, then maybe I'll open another book. I hope that I want. And you know what? I don't think I will. Because the big book always takes a new shape when I read it with a different person. It's like water. Like you you pour water in a, in a container with a different shape, and it's still water, but it takes a different shape. So every single time that I read the big book with a different person, it takes a different flavor and shape. And so I don't think I'll get bored. I'm just so grateful that I found this book that works for me. So I'll just stick to that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with other literature. This is what works for me. This is what I'm going to do. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Chelsea. Anyone else with a question for Marcella? Uh, this is Kathy, Melanie in Boston. May I ask a question? Yes, good morning, Kathy Kay. Yes. Thank you. Thanks so much, Marcella. I really enjoyed listening to you today. and um, You gave me a lot of new ideas about how to make use of the big book. Um, I have a question about sponsoring. I've been sponsoring with the big book for about two years now, and um, I am wrestling with uh, whether we read together every word in the big book or whether uh, I ask my sponsee to read the doctor's opinion and underline what's important and circle words she doesn't understand. And then we have a meeting in which we she tells me what what she underlined, what it meant to her. So, uh, in other words, I'm distinguishing between reading every word together and using a slightly different process, which might save us a little bit of time and allow me to sponsor more individuals. So I just thought I'd ask how you actually do it. Thank you. Thank you for the question. That's a really good question. So if I heard well, you've been sponsoring the same person for two years. And um, if you look at the list, at the phone list of a vision for you, you will see the ocean of people that has already found us, but many of them don't have sponsors. So, no, I wait, excuse me, I didn't say that. I said I've been sponsoring a number of people for oh, 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 over oh, the oh, two-year period. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I understand now. Okay, yeah. so... Everybody is different in my experience. So people approach and say, can you please sponsor me? So so what I do now is that I ask them a few questions, right? Some people, some people, the way that they ask you questions, you say, I don't think you're ready. So so you just think, I, so let's, I just give a vague answer, frankly. And I say, well, let's figure this out. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it'll not, right? Not only because you say, yes, I sponsor you, that means that it will happen. Like a lot of time people say, can you sponsor me? And then you say yes, and then they just don't follow. Do you know how many times I've read the doctor's opinion with people? 
you start reading the doctor's opinion like with 20 people and then you get to page 30 with maybe 10 and you get to page 47 with 7 and to page 63 with like 3 and to 164 you 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 end up with like 1 so most people mm. don't follow through so that's what happens in my experience now the other mm. thing that i have found that i absolutely love and it's very very effective is if you have if you have access to the recording of the big book it takes most chapters take 20 to 25 minutes to be listened to and so I, I have the CDs in my car. I'm not a big book thumper. I'm a big book junkie. So I have the, the, the CDs in my car, and I pop the CDs in my car. And when I commute from work to home and home to work, I listen to two chapters a day. Is that wonderful? And then I have an app in my smartphone that has the audio of the big book. So you're taking your walk, you're walking your dog, or you're cleaning the house, or you're cooking, or whatever, and you can listen to the chapter. And then sometimes I have the tendency to wake up sometimes about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I taught myself to listen to a chapter and that puts me to sleep. So those are the soothing familiar words that put me to sleep. And, and that, is not, that only is not a time saver, but it's also a wonderful way to, to learn the big book. So what I ask my sponsors to do these days is before we tackle the big book, is to listen to the recording and have the big book in front of them and underline whatever they see fit. And uh, so you're learning from two avenues, right? You're visually seeing the printed words and you're listening to the sounds of the book. And and I, sometimes I do that. Like yesterday for, for, this, um, for this presentation, um, I, I listened to the three chapters with my audio and I open my big, big book, and, and I underline things that I wanted to to comment. And I didn't use it at all, but, but I guess the message was there because I was not short of words. But um, <laughs> there are many, many ways to study the big book, and all of them are fabulous. And we don't need any extra material. We have the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the original experience of the first 100. What else do we need? I hope that helps. Thank you, Kathy. Anyone else with a question for Marcella this morning? Yes, I was wondering if um, they say you have an allergy to the body from alcohol and people cannot drink alcohol because they have an allergy. But where does it say in the big book that you have an allergy like to sugar, flour, or pasta, or whatever? How do you know that uh, food is the same as alcohol. Thank you for your question. Um, can I get your name and the first initial of your last name, please? Yes, Sue B. Sue B. Okay, good morning. Thanks. Marcella? What a good question because actually there are two places that I can think of. How many there are more? I, there are two, two places in the Bible that says that sugar has the same effect. There is, um, I forgot the chapter, but it says like, um, I think it's working with others where it says that many of us have found relief um, from the desire, the craving of alcohol by um, eating some sugar, some candy, and that some of us carry chocolate in our pocket. Do you remember, Melanie, where that is written? 
Does he let me I, I don't, but I can I can absolutely support the fact that that's true. It is true, right? What he says, like, yes. through there. So that this is 1939, right? And now we know, just, just do a search online, and you see that alcohol is a sugar. Alcohol is a sugar. And sugar turns into alcohol. I know how to make alcohol with pineapple skin and sugar. It turns into alcohol. The other way around, you ingest alcohol, it turns into sugar in your body. So if you read the doctor's opinion carefully, alcohol is very subtle, just like the beer book says. Alcohol is subtle. It's very subtle. It disguises. It's like a little demon, you know, like the big bad wolf that covers himself with a with a sheep with a, a skin of a sheep. That's alcohol and that's sugar. Sugar turns into alcohol. Alcohol turns into sugar. To me, it's not a mistake that the big book says alcohol, the word alcohol. You might think that you're not an alcoholic, but we are alcoholics. What is our form of alcohol? Sugar turns into alcohol. And then even if you have never been to sugar, but 50 years of OA, 50 plus years of OA, seems to suggest that you, if you overeat, it's very likely that sugar is one of your problems, right? It seems that the common experience of OA seems to suggest that most of us are addicted to sugar and forms of sugar. Once you're addicted to sugar, the brain doesn't know the difference between neutracy and trivia. And, and, and in my case, because I'm a really low bottom rock kind of addict, my brain doesn't know the difference between a banana and sugar because it's too sweet. So once the brain is triggered, the brain says, where's the rest? Why? Because I abused sugar and sugar turned into alcohol in my body. And you, you, can, you can see that. So. Thank you for the question. It's very, very relevant, and it is written in the big book. Of course, when you're an alcoholic and you are drunk all the time, you stop drinking alcohol, what do you crave? Sugar. Of course you do. You crave sugar. You go to an alcoholic alcoholic synonymous meeting and ask around. People crave sugar as soon as they put the alcohol down. Now, if you're not a compulsive reader yet, you can safely eat a little bit of sugar and nothing happens. But guess what? A lot of alcoholics that stop um, drinking, guess what? Then they need Overeaters Anonymous. It's a continuum, you see? It is not like there's one clear-cut addiction here and the other one there. No. The whole phenomenon happens in one body, in your body. So if you're not an alcoholic yet, count your blessings and don't drink alcohol. And, and and don't drink sugar because it turns into alcohol. So that's my experience. Thank you for your question. Thank you, Subi. Thanks, Marcella. And I did a quick search. You can find exactly what Marcella was talking about on pages 133 and 134. You'll see the word sweets and you'll see the word chocolate. Thanks so much, Marcella, for that answer. Anyone else with a question for Marcella this morning? Yes, Clara. I have a question. I hear Clara. What's the first initial of your last name, Clara? T, as in thank you. Oh, good. And then one other person behind you, just one moment. Who was behind Clara? Lisa. Lisa. What's the first name to show your last name, please? S. S like Sam. Thanks. Clara, what's your question first, and then we'll go on to Lisa. 
Okay, thank you. Um, thank you, Marcella. Um, thank you, everyone, for your service. I am new to OA. I started coming to the meetings on the 12th of October. I attended a phone meeting, and then I attended a face-to-face -face meeting starting the next day. Um, and then I learned about a vision for you, and I chose to uh, watch my food. So I've been abstinent now since Thursday the 16th. Um, I love OA because people are so generous to want to support you. So I learned what it means to plan my food. Um, I've been reading the big book and I've been listening to the recordings at the seven o'clock. And I've really just been asking higher power to connect me with the right sponsor. Um, there's lots of things that are coming up and I, I don't want the food. I want the recovery. Um, I want to know. Um, I get something every time I listen to the recordings or the, mostly the live meetings. But how do you know when you're ready? Because you spoke a moment ago about when you sponsor, you can pretty much gauge whether someone's really ready to embark on the journey of the 12 steps. Um, but how do we know as a newcomer, as a person seeking that sponsor? Um, can you offer something that would allow me to sort of gauge uh, I really feel that I am like I want this while I am while I am in this space where the recovery is far more important than whatever the food can and also um, 20 something years ago I, I wandered into OA and I did not hear the recovery I just heard the stories and my mom offered to pay for a diet plan, and it worked, but I panicked when I lost the weight. Um, and so I knew at that time that I wasn't ready for whatever the weight loss had to offer. I was too frightened, so I didn't diet after that. I just knew somewhere in my psychic space that when the time was right, I would understand what was going on inside, and then the outside would just happen as a natural you know, as a matter of just naturally. But how can I determine whether I'm really ready for these 12 steps? Because I feel that. Thank you, Clara. I absolutely feel that. Thank you. Thank you, Clara. Thank you so much for the question. It's a very, very good question. And um, so I want to remind myself and everybody that um, this work cannot be done alone. All the steps we begin with, we. And and so the first thing is this is impossible to do alone. Um, we that's the reason we gather here together. Okay, so let's for one second come to right here right now, and welcome to all the newcomers. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled, and I'm a little jealous of all the people that are beginning that found um, a vision for you so quickly. Let me tell you, with my experience of decades of OA, that you have found the best of the best of the best recovery in OA. There's nothing like a vision for you. You have found the best meeting in OA. And, and I'm, I welcome you with open arms. I guess you will recover. Now, how do you know if you're 100% ready? 
Well, let's come for one second to right here right now. It's Sunday and we're alive. Thank you, God, that we haven't died of this disease because this disease is a killer. So we're alive. Not only we're alive, we're awake. We're not dreaming the, the overeating stupor that I used to dream when I overate and I distended my stomach to the top and I wake up with my tongue dry and, and my stomach swollen for all the food that I'm still trying to digest. So we're awake and we're alive. And now we're gathered together here with this magic thing. I mean, when you stop and you ponder, how in the world did we gather together on a Sunday morning? I think there were 140-something, right? And we're here together. And just ponder for one second, how did we got together right here, right now on a Sunday, and we're listening to one another to recover together from this horrible, horrible, fatal disease? So we're together with this little device, and we listen to each other's voices, and we're here together to give one, one to, to one another hope and the message that you can and will recover. So I guess you're ready, and I am ready too. I'm going to read one paragraph in page 58. It says, remember that we deal with alcohol, in our case with food, but also alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful, without help, and I'm talking to you, the newcomer, the person that just began, whose first meeting is today, without your help, newcomer, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power, and that one is God, or your higher power, may you find him now, it says now, now, it doesn't say later, when you find the perfect sponsor. Or later, when you, you know, do a beautiful, perfect step work. Now, if you're eating right now, your alcoholic food, this is the moment in which you can be 100% ready. Put the food down, stop eating, and recover. If you have two seconds of abstinence, you can keep building, building with two seconds into three seconds into five minutes. Five minutes of abstinence is the way that it was granted to me. And it turned into three years and eight, and eight months. If you have 15 days of abstinence, you know that Dr. Bob was 17 days sober when he became a sponsor. 17 days sober. Where would I be without Bob, cockiness, whatever you want to call it, to become a sponsor with 17 days of sobriety? Where would I be? without him, without whatever he had, that fire, that need, that urgency. Where's the next one? So that I don't drink again today. So may you find him now. Where's the time? Now. Are you listening? Are you in the meeting? Were you ready? The time is now. May you find him now. And this is a formal prayer to my higher power. May we find him now. This is the time. You're ready. I hope that helps. Thank you, Clara. Lisa S., your question, please. Thank you very much. Um, also, I was wondering, what do you think about the um, uh, AA 12 Steps and 12 Traditions as a, you know, helpful in recovery? Um, okay, so um, this, I guess that this is the last question, right, Melanie, because it's almost 10. Um, if that works with your time, that would be good. Yeah, 10. So, okay. Yeah, so, so, um, 
the 12 and 12, just a little history of the 12 and 12. The 12 and 12 um, was published a lot later than, than the big book. And, and it's a wonderful um, collection of essays that comment on the big book. So it's a commentary on the big book. So you know how commentaries, commentaries are very valuable, but they never replace the original text. You know how we have a religious text, you know, we have Torah and commentary of the Torah. And we have in other religions, we have, you know, the gospel and commentary of the other. We have the Beatles songs, you know, I learned all, all of my English, and I'm thrilled that you can understand me. All of my English is Mexican, and I learned it through Beatles songs. So we have the Beatles songs and the commentary about the Beatles songs. So what is the commentary of the Beatles song? Well, Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds, it turns out that it's an acronym for LSD. I learned that three million years ago before the fact, right? So it's a commentary. It's not Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds. Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds is this beautiful poetry that is descriptive and melodic and repetitive and catchy. It's so the commentary never replaces the original text. So the Tob and Tob is a wonderful commentary. It doesn't replace the original text. All you need to recover is the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, okay, and thank that's you. it for our thank time, you. right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marcel, and thank you for everyone that to everyone that asked the questions this morning. It just continued to, to you know, just broaden um, uh, what we learned today and even go beyond that. So thank you, and again uh, for your time and your study and bringing that to us today of those chapters, Marcel. It was lovely, and uh, we will give information. Uh, hopefully, Marcel will give her contact information after we have closed the meeting. And I'll also give you the share ID, but I'd like to close the meeting this morning with um, page 164, a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we knew only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as we trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>